Welcome to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. In our podcast, we provide support for school leadership and the workplace with a proven approach for implementing social and emotional learning. As it's well known in our schools today and emotional intelligence in the modern workplace with a proven strategy to increase well-being, achievement, and results backed by the most current neuroscience research. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and former educator who, like you, knows firsthand about stress in today's schools and corporations, along with the effects that this stress has on our well-being, achievement, productivity, and results. In this podcast, we will provide you with the tools, resources, and ideas to implement proven strategies backed by the most current neuroscience research to help you to achieve the long-term gains of implementing these success strategies in your daily life. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit AchieveIt360.com. AchieveIt360.com. This is episode number 57 on taking initiative, mentors, and managing change. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Andrea Samadhi. I'm a former educator who's been fascinated with understanding the science behind high-performance strategies in school, sports, and the workplace for the past 20 years. Since you are listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're like me and love to learn, grow, challenge yourself, and are always looking for that competitive edge these days more so than usual, I'm sure. This weekend, I had a phone call from Marissa Leinart from the Parent-Led Academy. It's an organization helping parents to improve their skills at being better parents, and they use social emotional learning resources. She contacted me via LinkedIn and asked if she could brainstorm some ideas with me on the direction of her business since she's just starting out in this field. And I told her to call me and I sent her my number because when people take this initiative to reach out asking for help, I think it's important to lend a hand, share ideas, contacts and resources if you have them and collaborate. When we finally connected, we chatted about where she was with her company and I thought back to 20 years ago when I first wrote down the idea that turned into Achieve It 360's programs and services for schools in the workplace and eventually this podcast. I remembered all of the people who helped me to get to where I am today, and I thought of a quote by Robin Sharma, who said that everything is created twice, first in the mind and then in reality. If you're like Marissa, and you've been thinking about an idea that you wanna pursue, maybe a new direction for your career, a new product that you wanna create, or something that you just aren't even sure of where to begin, this episode is for you. This episode will focus on some key starting points so you can follow the steps and get moving with something new. Whatever idea you have that you might be thinking about, start with writing it out and then expand on your vision by writing down some ideas and see where you can begin to take action. I was lucky enough to have met some of the top leaders in the country who shared their secrets with me over 20 years ago when I first started. And I felt that since I had this opportunity, that I had an obligation to take action with the strategies and tips they shared with me. Now that I'm being asked more often, how did you get started with this idea? I thought I would share with you the process that I used and hope you find these ideas helpful. 
So here's some steps. Step one, know your why, which also can be seen as know your values. Simon Sinek built his career from this idea. And before starting anything new, I always suggest revisiting Simon's Golden Circle, where he talks about the importance of knowing your why, your purpose, what you believe. If everyone in your organization knows this for themselves, then it will be easy to motivate each person towards the common organizational goal. Before any pivot you make, go back and look at your purpose and make sure the new direction aligns to your why, your purpose, or your values. The how or your process will come easy once you've identified your why, and the what, what you do, or your end result will naturally follow. What you believe can also be seen as your values. So once you know the values that are important to you and your organization, everything else becomes crystal clear. For me, I know what we believe. We believe that well-being equals achievement and productivity. Everything we create, market, sell, produce must help improve well-being that will lead to an increase of productivity, achievement, and results. What are your highest values? Go back and listen to episode two, Self-Awareness, where we dive deep into uncovering your values or what's important in your personal and professional life to ensure happiness. Remember, to know thyself is the most substantial achievement that we can have in our lifetime. Jim Rohn, an American author, speaker, and entrepreneur, reminds us that the major value in life is not what you get, it's what you become. Step two, recognize the change barrier and the need for safety in your brain. This is a topic that we are not taught in school. So many of us, when faced with trying something new or pivoting to a new direction, are hit with what I write about in the Level Up book in Lesson 7 called the change barrier. It's the fear that hits us from a subconscious level when we begin a new idea. Whenever there is a major shift in your life, you will find yourself face to face with this change barrier. It's like a brick wall and it wants to keep you safe in your old world. When you're making a decision and you start to feel that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach, recognize this as hitting the change barrier. Your entire central nervous system goes off as you think about this new thought or idea in your conscious mind and it's challenging you to do something that you've never done before. You might have some automatic negative thoughts that cross your mind and say things like, who are you to try something new? Don't waste your time. This idea didn't work out the last time you tried it or something like that. You'll need to have strategies in place to help you to move past this stage in the direction of your goals instead of quitting. That will happen if you don't properly prepare. Remember that the panic you feel is real. What's actually happening is the amygdala in your limbic emotional brain, it's beginning to fire when it's recognizing that something is an actual or a perceived threat. The amygdala acts like a thermostat and it fires as stress and anxiety rise. High levels of stress hormone cortisol flood your body and it tries to get you to stop taking the actions that are causing the anxiety and push you back to your old world, which is your safe world. You can either keep going and move past that fear or go back to safety and comfort. It's up to you. This feeling just doesn't go away, but with time and practice, when we've infused the new idea into our brain, creating the new neural pathway of this new idea, we'll finally get to that place of freedom where we no longer feel uncomfortable with the new idea. We'll have bypassed that fear and anxiety and stepped forward 
to growth. This one takes some self-awareness as well. As years into your new role, it's common to have doubts and fears with this new position. I remember speaking to a very successful CEO of a large company, and he shared with me that there are many days he sits at his desk and marvels at how someone with his background could have reached the heights of success that he was living on a daily basis. It's important to remember to integrate your success into your new life. Celebrate your small and large wins so that they sink in in the non-conscious level in your brain. On those days that you experience self-doubt, take a break and do something that you enjoy. Be kind to yourself and remember that you do deserve everything that you've earned. Step three, find your mentors. I was lucky enough to have crossed paths with some of the most powerful thinkers in my late 20s, and they got me started on this journey of creating, developing, and launching new ideas. Speaking with Marissa this weekend, it reminded me of the point that many of us are in our lives, and we're thinking of new ways of conducting business. If we're used to doing live trainings in the past, many of us have now adapted to online training. And if we've never done this before, we'll want to look for mentors to help us to gain confidence that we need with our new business models. With confidence, we build competence with our new skills, and eventually they become second nature. If you say, well, I don't know any powerful leaders to ask of their advice, don't quit just yet. Keep looking, as you might have heard this before, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Step four, keep an open mind. In 2014, when I was looking to take my programs and services online, like many people are doing now, I found a mentor to show me everything I needed to know, and he was unlike anyone I had ever worked with in the past. His name is Austin Walsh, and at the time, he was a high school student living in Chicago. I had to wait for him to finish classes to return my phone calls, and then we worked together over Skype on creating the membership area of my website where all of our content is now hosted. He had worked with some of the speakers that I knew, people like Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen from the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. So he came highly recommended, and I'm still amazed at how this then 16-year-old knew so much about the online world. I learned so much from him, and I would say he's probably one of my most memorable mentors. Step five is manage your relationships. Always stay in contact with people you meet, as you never know who will continue to impact you in your future. One powerful influencer that I met in 2001 was Greg Link. He partnered with Stephen Covey to form CoveyLink.org, and he was the co-author of the book Smart Trust, The Defining Skill That Transforms Managers into Leaders. He saw my interest in youth development while he was very busy building the Covey Empire and taking the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People book to impact millions of people worldwide, but I kept in touch with him over the years. He was always there with ideas, business model suggestions for my programs to the school market, and just plain inspiration to keep going. It's been a few years since I've seen Greg, but as I was writing the outline for this episode this past weekend, I heard from him via LinkedIn, and it just made me realize the importance of keeping in touch with your connections and then helping others like Marissa who need your help. You can see Greg's testimonial of our work seven years ago if you look in the show notes. And finally, step six, be open to ongoing learning. When you surround yourself with others who put value on learning and growth, you'll inherit new ideas that you can implement for your own business growth. 
There's always someone who's done what you're looking to do. So just keep learning, attending conferences when they're back up and running, and networking with those people that you see leading in your field. Before I launched the Level Up program for the school market, I attended a class called the Make, Market, and Launch It class, and it was based on the book by Pam Hendrickson and Mike Koenigs. And Pam had actually worked with Tony Robbins in the past. If you're looking to launch a product, I highly recommend this book that you can get right away on Amazon. You'll learn the seven most important steps to making or creating your product and then launching it to the market of your choice. Always think about the problem that you're looking to solve, which is Shark Tank's Robert Herzvec's number one tip for entrepreneurs. He suggests that the best businesses are ones that find a problem and then solve it. Once you've created your product, whether it's a book or online course or whatever it might be, then get your feedback from your audience. Don't ask your sister or your mom for their feedback, they will lie. Be prepared for someone to tell you it's ugly, awful, the worst idea ever, but listen to what they say. Take that feedback to improve what you've created. I hope that you found these six tips useful. If you're looking to start or go in a new direction, I'd love to hear what you think. Send me a message through LinkedIn or Twitter, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode with an exciting new guest all the way from Australia. See you soon. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.